and nerdettes welcome back well welcome to a bonus of the 30 and nerdy podcast big bonus big throw bonus. me a freaking bonus here yeah yeah so we are still technically on mid-season break but SummerSlam happened and we want to talk a little bit about it and we also had a great opportunity to sit down with a fantastically talented uh star mm-hmm. in my eyes uh, beth crowley she is yeah. a youtube sensation has over 150,000 subscribers on YouTube, and her music is wherever millions you get music. of listens to her singles on Spotify and, and yeah. Amazon, and iTunes, all that stuff. and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, she's all over wherever you get your music for your phone. Uh, mm-hmm. But we will uh, definitely look forward to sitting down and talking with her later. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to just kind of intrude on our own mid-season break, and just couldn't stay away. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, and, and in all honesty, all joking aside, uh, it was weird uh, that first week of mid-season break, not not coming having over here. Week, yeah. Having an off week, because I was like, oh, uh, I guess I don't have to go over there today. That's weird. Well, you should, d- 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 don't get to, not have to. Okay, yeah. I was like, oh, no, man. But you could come over here anyway, though. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but we did get to... Uh, sit down and plan out some of the end of season three, yeah. the last half, and we watched a DC animated movie that you had yet to see. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to slowly take you through this connected DC animated universe that started yeah. with Justice League War and ended with, well, the new one that came out, uh, Justice Society mm-hmm. World War Two is the next installment, and this uh, this this animated world has spawned like almost ten years. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's like DC the most, animations where it's, it's the at. most connected, amazing thing that DC has done in years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah cheers to that. Yeah. Uh, so, and we also planned a lot of great things that are coming up oh, yeah. on the horizon. So excited! I'm especially looking forward to when we come back from the break. Uh, we're doing The Hobbit for the entire mm-hmm. month of September. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm currently rereading the the book, and I've got I, I sent you a picture. I've yes, got a yes, stack, a stack of of books about the about the the books and the movies, and yeah. I've got the illustrated version. I got all the stuff here, so we're gonna have a great time talking about yeah. Bilbo and his adventures next month. Yes, um, it's going to kick off with the animated Hobbit. So before we return in September, do yourself a favor, find it mm-hmm. and watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think, in all honesty, most people will probably read it or watch it and go like, what is this? Yeah. But I think every Lord of the Rings fan should at least watch There's, it once. I think the animation is something you can definitely appreciate. Yeah. You know, And yeah. there's a lot For of that things that, that they tried to stick to in the book mm-hmm. that the movies kind of had to yeah. change or leave out or whatever. So, yeah, it's definitely worth seeing at least once. I agreed. So. Agreed. But... We will be talking about that in September. Yeah, uh, we are going to, to to discuss SummerSlam. Before we even dive into things, I want to talk a little bit about what happened before SummerSlam. Yeah, something happened that many, 
of the IWC, the International Wrestling Community, said would probably never happen again. The fact that Chicago is still standing and wasn't burned to the ground is yeah. a testament to the fact that the thing everybody was expecting did happen. Mm-hmm. And that is, we got the return, finally, of CM Punk. Of the best in the world. And I think possibly the greatest thing about this is that maybe we won't have to hear the random CM Punk chants at WWE events because... Mm-hmm. He did not come back to WWE. He was not going to come back to WWE. (laughs) So hopefully that's over with now. Because that was pretty annoying after a while. Yeah. Uh, You know, we argue with our friend, or I I argue with our friend Logan a lot about CM Punk. Because he feels like, you know, and a lot of people do. He was justified in leaving the WWE. Sure. Okay. Um, The way he did it, though, not my favorite thing. Uh, and, and I just have this mentality of, and, and also, look, I, I, I'm not him. I, I didn't experience the things he experienced. I don't know. I've heard him talk about it. Um, but I just don't feel a lot of sympathy for these people who are making millions of dollars, and they are in this great spot, mm-hmm. okay? They have these super long title reigns, mm-hmm. best runs ever. Because he... he surpassed like macho man he was he yeah. was number four it was a long time he was like for the longest time he was number four in the entire in like history of the wwe yeah and i don't remember the full story but i know it was something like they wanted him to do wrestlemania with triple h and he was just totally against it and he just decided you know i'm going to take my ball and go home mm-hmm. what okay even if personally he doesn't like triple h triple h is still a star i mean good that's god a, that's a big if Match. Edge and Matt Hardy can work together, oh yeah, at the time sure. that Edge took Matt Hardy's yeah. girl in real life, yeah, you can work with a guy you don't like. Exactly, you know, and I, I mean, I can't remember the full story, but that was that was a big part of it. I know, yeah. and like he says, he was unhealthy and things like that. Okay, I, I totally understand. You know, I I, I, yes. I get it, but maybe like ask for time off, ask for your release, even. Like, let's do something else. Let, rather than, I just think about, like, there's little kids wearing CM Punk shirts, and they've got their CM Punk signs, or their whatever. Well, what about it's like, the waiting to see CM Punk. young adults who had and, CM Punk yeah, shirts? Yeah, like, yeah, you, sure. you had I, I, a yellow yes. GTS okay, shirt. That's the thing. I was a CM Punk fan. Mm-hmm. Big time, mm-hmm. right? And then just, eh, I'm done because I'm not getting my way. And I'd compare it to, like, Sasha Banks left for a while. She was all upset about stuff or whatever, you know. Uh, she had been the first holder of the women's tag team title mm-hmm. belt. She'd had this great run. She'd been mm-hmm. you know, featured heavily. So I just don't have a lot of sympathy for that kind of thing. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. I was happy to see him come back. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm sure that he's going to have a lot of say in who he works with and what he does, you know, because that's the number one free agent in, in the wrestling world. Yeah. If anybody could get any one professional wrestler on their roster, that's the guy to get. Yeah. And they got him. You know? I think one time he did a masked appearance at like an indie. Yeah. He just ran out in a mask. Everyone ever, knew it was him. Yeah, I don't think he ever admitted that that was him, but mm-hmm. it, it was, yeah. Everybody knew it was him. That his tattoos and like just ran out in mm-hmm. a mask, did the GTS and left. But so he shows up, and it's the first thing that kicks off the show, which is was, was really good, you know? Huge reaction, obviously. Grown men in the audience crying. Mm-hmm. Totally understand. You could feel, like, for him, that was a very special moment, getting that reaction in his hometown. He had some 
tears in his eyes. He really soaked it in. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was really entertaining. It was exciting. It was fun to watch. I'd say probably the biggest thing to happen in wrestling in years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything much that's surpassed that. I can't think of a return that surpassed it. No. Um, and, you know, I, I, I sometimes I, I feel like I'm being negative, and I'm not trying to be negative, but it just... I can't help but miss the old days when we didn't have the internet. We didn't and know. And we didn't know, yeah. you know, someone's going to show up. Like, imagine that glass breaking and Stone Cold walking out and you didn't know he was going to be there or whatever. Like, I miss those days. But yeah. now, and I understand things are different now. Like, you want to get the ratings boosted, of course, and all that stuff. So, they, you know, word got out. He's probably going to be there and everything. Um, it just... I just missed that. No, I got the, the, it. Like, even though we, it was exciting to see him, imagine if we didn't know. And like, oh. what? You know? Oh, TVs would have. Exactly. You know, it had been the war, you know, right. like when all the TVs turned to WWE. Yeah. And screwed WCW over, you know, shot them in the foot. I mean, it would uh, have been like that. Everybody when, uh, uh, You mean like when Mick Foley won the title? Yeah. And Tony Schiavone said, oh, that'll put butts in seats or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was great. It was super exciting and entertaining. And um, I liked that he just was very genuine. And the fact that he had those little callbacks to that famous pipe bomb moment where he sat down cross-legged in the middle of the ring. He uh, did the thing about buying everybody the ice cream. That was great stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens next. Looks like he's going to have a match with Darby Allen. Yeah. So I guess Sting will be involved, which is exciting for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I have a lot of things about AEW that I don't like, that I'm yeah. very critical of. Like, does everybody have to have a posse with them, go to the ring, every single person, every single match, you know? Uh, but it's definitely got the excitement factor that WWE is lacking mm -hmm. right now, I feel like. I said something in our group that, you know, it's been hard to, to not truly stand by it. Um, and I know that uh, our friends at East Coast Avenger, JT, talks about it a lot, too, in our Twitter group. Uh, and I agree with him. It's been hard for me to watch AEW again after what uh, Sammy, Guevara, Sammy Guevara did yeah. and said. And, you know, he got some time off and but came back. And I'm not going to um, cancel anybody off of a mistake god if we canceled everyone off of mistakes we'd all be, there'd be nobody left there'd be nobody left uh so and and it seems that he you know uh did some some soul searching um i know he did issue a lot of apologies surely he regrets uh, it you know surely yeah. he regrets it i hope he regrets it um i really do um it has kept me away it's been hard for me to turn it on knowing that that can be said um, also, like we talked about during SummerSlam, uh, which Uso got a DUI? I really can't recall. Jimmy or J1 got a DUI, and like two weeks later, they are SmackDown champions. Yeah, and it would be different if it was like, this was the first time it yeah. had happened, he made a mistake. This has been like multiple yes. times, you know. I mean, That'd Jeff be Hardy like, didn't get a lot of, you know. Jeff, I mean, Jeff Hardy didn't do much of, of anything. Like, he was still there, and, you know, they kept his job. Yeah. But it's not like they threw the title on him right after oh, he did that, you no. know. So, I don't know if it's the whole 
because he's involved in the Roman Reigns storyline, and that's sort of the driving force right yeah. now. Like, that's the number one thing they've got. But I totally disagree with that. I think it sends the wrong message. I think it does, too. You know, uh, you can just do whatever you want and still... Yeah, still, still be a title a big, holder. Get a big push. Or a main story. Get rewarded. Yeah. yeah. So, with that being said, I mean, AEW's uh, started gaining a lot of excitement. I mean, Punk is back in AEW. Um, you know, you all said the... Or Rev said... And you said the the event seemed pretty good. Friday oh, Rampage! Night. Uh, yeah, Rampage was it was their debut episode, I guess. Uh, no, or the this second was the episode. second one. They had one the previous week, and I had sort of got things were miscommunicated for me. Like I thought that was when we were expecting that Punk would show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched the first episode last week, and uh, I enjoyed it. You know, there mm-hmm. wasn't my biggest turnoff with wrestling is when there's. I feel like they insult our intelligence and they give us the silly stuff. Mm-hmm. The silly, I, I, if you go back and listen to when we talked about WrestleMania earlier this year, I went off on this huge thing about Bad Bunny and all this stuff. Okay, I hate the silliness and the hokiness. And there is some of that. WWE has a lot of it, too. Um, Seems to totally. be less in AEW. Um... <laughs> Well, I don't know. I watched Dynamite a couple weeks back, and there was this whole Kenny Omega Young Bucks group, and they're wearing like basketball jerseys and doing a Space Jam routine or something. I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, uh, but on this first episode of Rampage, it was no silliness, no skits, no awkward backstage scripted segments. It was everybody kind of speaking genuinely from the heart, or uh, you know. They, they, it seems like they have more control over what they get to say and do, yeah. which I think is good. You should trust your talent. Yeah. Uh, if they're good enough to be there, then let them well, do Well, they're the thing. ones that are out there every night. Exactly. Feeling the audience, hearing the audience. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was great matches. It was uh, Christian Cage and Kenny Omega had a great match. Christian won. And he did. He won the, it was like the Impact. Impact title. So title he's Impact champion. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was good. So I'm starting to get a little more... Uh, interested in, in it. Uh, Alistair Black is over there mm-hmm. as Malachi Black. He's done some stuff with Cody Rhodes. It's, it's been, like a dark versus light yeah. situation. They did this real weird thing. I can't remember. I guess it was on Dynamite, but like Cody Rhodes acted like he was going to retire and he's taking his boots off and setting him in the ring and stuff. And you know that's never yeah. that's never how it really goes. And who's He's not going to retire on a random Wednesday night. So, yeah. You know, I didn't like that, but uh, the excitement factor right now, they've got that over WWE yeah. tenfold, I would say, because WWE has just been so bland and boring, and it's just been a snooze fest. Like, I've had Raw on in the background two or three times the past couple months, and it's just like, we're still doing this same, mm-hmm. like every week it's the same Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Yeah. It's, or whatever, you know. I mean, how much do we do Drew and Bobby? Oh, Drew and Randy Orton, too. That was oh, a long yes. one. So, I, th- I believe it was you that I told um, last, yeah, this past Monday, out of the whole Raw show, there was like 22 minutes of actual wrestling. It's insanity. In a three-hour show. It's insanity. That's crazy. I'm, I'm digging the Roman Reigns stuff for the most part. Um I haven't seen a lot of the Edge stuff that's been going on, but it seems like that's good. And that was like a huge highlight of SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I'm all about Bianca Belair. 
Uh, I love Charlotte. And beyond that, there's just like not much going on that I care about at all. No, I understand. I mean, and SmackDown right now is, is in my mind, much better than Raw. Um, but as someone who watches a lot of NXT, I'll be the first to say I think NXT is the top brand mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Then SmackDown, then Raw at mm-hmm. the bottom. When, you know, the way it's billed is the exact opposite. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Mm-hmm. But if you're really like into like the wrestling of it and have been watching for years, if you're watching all three brands... You probably agree with me saying like, "Oh, it's gold, blue, red" at this moment. Um, but you know, I mean, that's, that's great for AEW. I mean, it, I'm excited. You know, Punk being back might be worth me. I know we want to get Rev down here and uh, or up here and watch All the out. next pay per view. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I bet Darby and Punk tear the place I think down. they're gonna yeah uh, and and i think this will probably be the uh most watched pay-per-view that they've had so far yes. just because of that first punk match mm-hmm. um yeah i think he's gonna do a lot of great things in his time there is there a part of you that still thinks he quote-unquote comes home before it's all said no. and done and uh, no you think they uh, put him in the hall of fame I think they might offer one day, uh, and if he chooses to accept it, now that's something different. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe. Um, but you know, there's some people who are just dead set against it when they have that bad taste in their mouths. Like, you know, I don't know how much you know about uh, Martha Hart, Owen Hart's widow. Mm-hmm. You know, for her and her family, it's like, you know, most people say Owen Hart deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And look, realistically. If there's a wrestling Hall of Fame anywhere, Owen Hart should be in every one of them. Absolutely. Um, but it's not going to happen with him because for them, it's like they blame his death on WWE. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with that or not, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't really say that I have an opinion. I think it was a tragic accident. But um, she, she, for them, it's like to, to get his name on that plaque or whatever you want to call it and put it up there and say, okay, we've got that. Mm-hmm. But we don't have Owen. They don't, exactly. So I don't know how we got the Hall of Fame. Oh, CM Punk. Uh, yeah. Maybe one day, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't really see him being involved. Yeah. Especially based on sort of the way he... He didn't say anything about WWE by name, but you could definitely pick up. He was hinting to things, you know. Um, Burnout, they suck my soul. Yeah. They, you know. So, and you know, a lot of people feel that way. Oh, yeah. And I, if, if, if being there feels the way watching a lot of the product is, then I can certainly understand. Yeah. But anyway, SummerSlam. Yeah. One of the big four. Yeah. It delivered for the most part. Yeah. There were highs and lows for sure. Um, just right off the bat here, what, what about SummerSlam stuck with you the most? What was like the moment when you were like, okay, I'm really digging this. Um, Edge, uh, using the brood entrance. Yeah, we both popped for that. Uh, That was great. Great callback. Any of that, any of that Attitude Era stuff, any little allusions to that, people like us, they they get us with that. Oh yeah, that's that's the money right there. Yeah, I know we um, pop for that. I mean that match in general was match of the night, definitely. I agree. Uh, possible contention for of the year, 
I think. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's probably the one thing that, like, really grasped me. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was like, okay, you know, pretty good match, pretty quick. Um, called a lot of it. You know, I, I personally, I called a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's my judgment factor on wrestling these days is if you can call multiple pay-per-views in a row you're predictable Mm -hmm. and it's stale at that point Mm -hmm. like if you shock me i'm more apt to go great show great show and i feel like that's what wrestling fans want more than anything i i mean i know i do Shock. It's surprise. Mm-hmm. Just like give me something different, and that's what like Logan and I disagree all the time about a lot of things, not just wrestling. But <laughs> um, the thing we both agree on is we want something different. And mm-hmm. there, I can't tell you how many times today when we were watching SummerSlam that I said, "Well, it's something. It's something. It's something." You know, now it's what different. they do with it next yeah. is what's going to really. Yeah show you because a lot of times we get the start of something mm-hmm. and then as as logan referred to it they wwe it yeah which we we got some of that too because we agree that was the high point edge and and yeah uh rollins and you know roman and cena was great yeah. and the, the brock lesnar return you know it re- cena and roman's match and i know it was you know cena's job to sell that really sailed roman's dominance and cena's like I'm I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. I'm out of it. Uh, they sold that well mm-hmm. with with that. They told that story really well yep. in the ring. And despite what in the you know previous you know years of our, our fandom, while Cena's been a thing, uh, we were normally on the line of like he might be a great guy, but we're tired of this John Cena oh, character yeah. being shoved down our throat. But he's always been able to tell. A story in the ring and he's always been polarizing whether it's good or bad yeah um that's one thing even though we hated that character for you know 12 13 years he delivered it really well he and told he, that story he evoked reaction mm-hmm. what multiple times today you said "Ooh, silence that's never good yeah a reaction good or bad is what you want mm-hmm but silence yeah. is bad. Terrible. Is the worst place you can be if an audience is silent. Because that means they do not care. The Miz for a decade has been one of my favorite mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Just based on the charisma, the personality, the character. I love The Miz. Yeah. This past year, and especially since the whole Bad Bunny thing. I have been so just put off. They did the thing with the zombies with him. He's done the water gun, water stick deal. John Morrison was a guy I always liked. He's silly now. That, I think Logan gave us a heads up because he watched it before. He's like, it was one of the cringiest things I've ever seen. They did a whole deal with Xavier Woods and a water gun Ghostbusters looking thing. I would honestly put that segment up there with like, Scott's Tots oh. type cringy, Phyllis's wedding Rough. cringy, stuff like that. Uh, Secretary's Day, the lunch with Michael and <laughs> and uh, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, like it's that level of cringy. And I was like, watching it, thinking like, this is the Miz and Morrison. Yeah, 
Like, I can get on board with them at Mania selling Bad Bunny to us because they were good at it. But the fact that we're six months later, <laughs> almost, and they're still doing these characters and doing this stupid shtick, like, I'm over it. these are both heavyweight champions in their own right. You know, Morrison in other industries and multi-time intercontinental yeah. long-time tag team champions. Miz has been a, a WWE at, champion. At the end of his WWE run, which was, I mean, I guess he left around 10 years ago or so. Like, he was cool. You know, he was fun to watch. Yeah. And he's still great in the ring, of course, but it's just like, I'm just so turned off by the, the hair first of all. oh the haircut kills me i just i don't i want nothing to do with it yeah but what i was getting at was like during that whole thing silence dead silence crickets he's was everyone's just shooting him with the water gun and it's just like nothing yeah nothing no reactions when when xavier was like should i shoot him with this water gun yeah maybe one person want. was like yeah that was like the guy who it's still real to. <laughs> like he's in the audience, like yeah, you should do it. I'm all I'm all in for this. But let's go. Let's go through the matches. Okay, so there was a pre-show match with uh, Big E and Baron Corbin, and Big E defeated Baron Corbin and got his Money in the Bank briefcase back. We did not see this match because it was on the pre-show. No, we did not. Uh, okay, first match of the official card: RK Bro. Randy Orton and Riddle defeated AJ Styles and Omos, Amos, Amos, um, Amos or whatever uh, for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, called this. Uh, I think I told you earlier today, or before we watched it. Um, <laughs> like I was like, you know, they, he RKO'd him, and then like the next week he earned his respect, and they reunited, and he said RK Bro is back, and blah blah blah. Orton saying all that. I think I was like, I mean, they got to win. This is them winning. Yeah. They're going to win. And I would say rematch at the next pay-per-view where almost destroys AJ Styles. And that team's broken up. I would imagine. That was a good match. It was fine. Riddle, for all of his talent in the world, though, I just... When he does the split coming into the ring, the, the digital birds that shoot out of his his groin uh, digitally. If it wasn't digitally, I would say that's impressive. But digitally, shooting out of his groinal region. Um, and the fact that I... Uh, we have this running joke about you having a thing against people wrestling barefoot. I hate it! <laughs> like you have a thing against feet um, nobody needs your, your bare feet kicking on you or walking around in the ring barefooted put some shoes on yep. or at least some socks Something. Come on. Um, but for all of his talent you know this is a character that you know you've said multiple times this is what Vince McMahon thinks someone who smokes pot is hey pal i heard you smoked marijuana marijuana once let's make this your your character we we know people who partake in the electric lettuce (laughs) this is not how they act yeah it's it's the stereotype thing you know it's it 
that that stereotype does not hold up for the people who partake that we know of at least yeah. maybe somewhere in the world there is a riddle i mean i don't know but the people as far as i'm concerned and you're concerned yeah. that well we know that partake in it <laughs> they do not yeah I, look man i like riddle uh I, I think he's fun to watch but i hate the gimmick yeah. really hate the gimmick and I think that he is so good. He's he's good enough, especially if he puts some shoes on, that he should. I want to take him seriously. Like I, I want him to be. I was hoping that with this Randy Orton thing, that it would have the effect of like making him more serious, like mm-hmm. Randy. Like, dude, you gotta. Yeah. If you want to get somewhere, you're gonna have to cut the crap and stop being so silly. And you know, yeah. I'm hoping for that out of yeah. this. Uh, but you know what? Despite anything we're saying here, they had huge reactions. They did. They are over. They the are. crowd loved them. That was a good crowd, uh, and they they really uh, appreciated. Well, and that Orton's win. such a veteran, too. Like he can take yeah. someone, and you know, even the little moment, like he was just like wake Merc working his way back. Yeah. And you even pointed it out. You were like Orton tapped him for He's like wait a, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We got to do one last thing. Yep. One last camera show. Pose. Pose. Like, that's just that veteran in Orton. Just, and it was just a quick communication. He didn't, like, say, hey, 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 wait, wait, yep. wait. It was just a tap. Kind of, like, motion to come and he over. Just, and he just reacted like, yes, sir. And, you know, he, while they were walking up the ramp, he said, great job, kid. You know, and he said, thank you. You could see that on the camera. Orton's a veteran. He's now, I think, Becky asked, you know, he's now, like, the guy. Like, he's now been here, you know, since Edge had a decade almost off. Orton's now been here consistently, consistently the longest. Since now that Cena's gone, two thousand two, yeah, three or so. So I mean, he is the staple, the veteran. Yeah. He's the the bar that people will now work up to, and he's the guy you can, you know, try people out with and put them with each other, whether it's against him or in a team. And he's good at it. Um, don't know how I feel about his D'Artagnan Three Musketeer. Mustache and little chin. I don't oh, yeah, know, I but I don't. That. I don't know about it, but yeah, it's working. It's working. Um, Alexa Bliss defeated Eva Marie with Dewdrop. We, Ugh. no offense, ladies, we skipped a lot of the match. Uh, yeah. We got it to right at the end, and Alexa Bliss got the win there. And I just haven't really paid much attention to this. I'm not really super digging the Alexa stuff. Um, I started liked it out early cool, on. Yeah, the thing with the doll and the swing set is too much for me. That's overkill. Well, and, but in her defense, Alexa is someone that just takes it and has yeah. a fun time I, with it. I love Alexa Bliss. Yes. Uh, she commits to everything that she does, and mm-hmm. she's a great performer, and she's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, And I think a lot of people are probably sore about the Bray Wyatt thing. Like, yeah. They got rid of Bray and just... Yeah. Let her have the gimmick. And that was really a shock for us because, you know, he had his mania moment and, uh, you know, and then had a promo the next night, like, you know, which is going to which, and then just vanished. And then they released him. And we don't know, you know, personal, it could be personal lives, don't but know the details. I know uh, a lot of, if you follow a lot of the, what Rev calls the dirt sheets, um, they're saying that he's the Dark Order's next leader at AEW probably. It would make sense. Take over for Brody. And it would make sense that they were great friends. And um, But I just don't I don't understand a lot of their releases. But eventually this timing. mass exodus from WWE to AEW is like... They're, In the long game, 
it's going to be bad. Yeah, because it's like it's a it's great now to get that. Oh, this person's going to show up, and this and they have that big moment where they walk out. Yeah, great. Then what? Well, that's the thing. I think that you know I could see Vince doing this whole like, look, we're not going to use them, so let's release them because I know that Tony will go after them, and let's oversaturate them. Go ahead, let AEW hire everybody that we release. It'll eventually oversaturate them. To where then, kind of like WWE, their original AEW younger talent will be like, what the heck, man? Like, I started this company. The the MJFs of AEW. Yeah. And those guys will be like, you're just going to hire all the, the, the secondaries, the people who got let go, and they're taking all our stories, and they're taking all our titles, and stuff like that. And if you hear people talk, Especially on the AW side, it's like we don't really pay attention to what the other people are doing. You know, we're not we're not out to compete with them. We're just you know whatever we're doing our own thing. But it's like, how do you not consider all this stuff? Especially when AEW just pulled Punk in, and your product is stale. Your ratings are as low as they've ever been. You're getting criticized like never before. I would say like yeah. it's really bad it is how do you not stop and say okay maybe we should take this seriously well i think that my problem also with like cody and tony khan is they like to speak out of both sides of their mouth mm. oh we're not competing we don't even oh, pay but cody rhodes bullcrap destroyed the a throne yeah. with a sledgehammer oh, no, that, Gee, had uh, no, that had nothing to on. do with triple h or come wwe on. yes yeah. it did cody um and the whole talk about... I know Rev keeps bringing up, like, the war. Um, uh, there really wasn't a war. <laughs> the Wednesday night war. Yeah. AEW. It really wasn't a war. And the reason that NXT left was because USA paid them a buku amount of money to move so that they could air hockey mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's why NXT moved. AEW didn't win any war. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know... I think the night, the Wednesday after NXT left, was the first time AEW did a million views. Uh, that I guess I don't know. I know that when Shaq was on, that yeah. was when they had maybe it was yeah. the same time. So I mean, I, I understand you know talking out of both sides of your mouth. You know, we're from the entertainment theater type world. It comes with that that world. But, you know, I just think in the long run, it could oversaturate AEW. Uh, yep. And, I mean, we'll just have to watch and pay attention and just kind of watch the thing, well, you know. Like, what's, is Big Show even doing anything? He's over there. He's uh, is commentating he... on a YouTube show. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure so is Mark Henry. Mark Henry's on Rampage. Rampage, yeah. I saw him on that. Yeah. All right, so, moving on. Uh, Damian Priest defeated Sheamus for the United States Championship, according to Tiffany Haddish, the national championship. Mm, Lord have mercy. Thanks for nothing. Uh, pretty good match. No it was, complaints. It was good. I like Damian Priest. I think he's going to do big things mm-hmm. in the WWE, hopefully. For his size, the man can move. Yeah. Those kicks are, yeah. are fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, cool cool uh, title reign. I hope for him. Uh, I'm very well, and, hopeful. And Sheamus is, you know, 
getting to that point Seamus where... Seamus is a vet at this point. He's a vet at this point. Yeah. So, and I, I've never, like, disliked Seamus. I've always, you know, especially when he was with Cesaro. Mm, you know, we the loved bar. the bar. We loved the bar. Love, love the bar. Uh, the Usos uh, retained their SmackDown tag team titles against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Now, this one, um, we saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure we're building towards a retirement for Ray and a you know Dominic one on one with his father hoping for that hoping yeah. for uh even if it's not a feud if it's just uh you know uh, all right son this is your final test before i feel like you're ready yeah. to represent the family you got to beat me yeah and i think that if i'm writing it he you know finally quote unquote in their culture kills off the character by unmasking and giving it to Dude, Dom. Yeah. You know, like, you're the Mysterio now. So, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, okay. So, in what was supposed to be uh, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, mm. suddenly Sasha Banks is unable to compete. Do we know why this happened? Uh, no. Do you hear anything about this? I have not. Um, and so we get Carmella walking out, which. Got no reaction at all. And yeah. then, suddenly, Becky Lynch's music hits. Mm. She makes her triumphant return, which was great. And we're excited. And then all of a sudden, you blink, they, and it's over. They WWE'd it. Yeah. I mean, she delivered the, the first, like, big women's moment in a main event of Wrestlemania. Yeah. And they won this ESPY. And we're high on I mean we're we're extra high on Belair because she's she's hometown a Knoxville girl. girl. She's yeah. our hometown girl. But <laughs> you just let the returning Becky squash her with what looked like and just an Uranagi, just, just a rock bottom. It was it was uh, an elbow and like an Uranagi or yeah. uh, whatever her they version called it is. The man something. Okay. I guess it's a new finisher she's doing now because they already know that. And it looked great. Yeah. It really did look great, but like that's it. Yeah. After then, all this time of Bianca just being so dominant, mm-hmm. you know, and and people behind her. I mean, the audience oh, yeah. was behind so her. So go back and look, people. There's this great shot. Of there, Bianca's standing there in disbelief at what's just happened, and there's a fan standing sort of right next to Bianca just shaking his head like, what What was this? Yeah. And we were doing that, too. Mm-hmm. And we were so confused. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I, well, I even, even Becky, who, your wife, who, your wife, Becky, not Becky Lynch, yeah. uh, who... She she even says she had, I just watched their WrestleMania match. She loved it and loved it. And this is you know just a few months later, and they're doing this to her. Like she's like I don't, I, you know. And this is someone who doesn't watch religiously every pay per view with us, even if she's at the house. She doesn't pay it, you know, follow it like we do. And yeah. you know, unless she's live, she's fun to go with at a live audience. But like she, even for her to go, what the heck, like. I just watched their moment, and I loved it. Yeah, 
you know, like if someone who's who's I would even say less than a part-time watcher saying that's crap. And it, and it for me that overshadowed the return of someone I've been excited. I've yeah. been waiting for Becky to return. Yep. Cuz she's probably one of my top favorite divas in the last 15 years and her return was overshadowed by her squashing an amazing champion. Yeah. I have no words. I just don't know what what the I I have no I don't know. No, I know. I mean, that's like like you try to dig into the wrestling like oh I've been watching for years, so obviously I've learned like oh this is the reason blah blah blah. I can't find one. I can't find a reason. I unless like, like we we find out this week that like oh Bianca's taking time off. I feel like even a oh, like a roll up or something would have been better. Yeah. Than just boom, boom. Because Bianca has been so, so dominant, so strong. It's unbelievable strong. to and think just, that those two moves it. would pin She's done. a dominant women's champion. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to talk about here. Because it was just so unbelievable. Glad Becky's back, but I really wish it was different. And in Rev's words, they WWE'd the whole thing. Yeah. Drew McIntyre defeated Jinder Mahal. Uh, we've skipped most of this one. Yeah. Uh because I'm sort of over Drew McIntyre. Uh, I'm not a, like uh, adverse to him or anything like that. I'm just like, eh. I th- I think I would like a, a another heel Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. run. I think that would be good. Like you know, I worked so hard through the whole pandemic deal, and I kept getting screwed over and over again. When's it gonna be my time? You know, when's it Drew's turn for real? And, like, let's change it up a little bit. The no. sword thing was a cool uh, touch originally, but I don't believe for a second he's actually going to swing that sword at somebody <laughs> and then hit them with it. And he, they tried to do that. Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, he's not going to lop off someone's Don't insult head. my intelligence, Drew McIntyre. Um, exactly. So, yeah, great. Uh, all right, triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte, Nikki, <sighs> A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley. Uh, pretty good match. Uh, I'm a huge Charlotte fan. Uh, even Logan, who gives me crap about Charlotte all the time, said Charlotte's just the best. She's just too good, yeah. you know. Uh, I will say again, didn't really make sense to me. I feel like the women's title, the Raw one, mm-hmm. has been so like back and forth ping pong. Like it was Rhea, it was Nikki, it was. I feel like didn't. I swear I thought Nikki had it and then lost it again or something. Nikki wasn't even... She cashed in the money in the bank. On, not on Rhea. On Charlotte. On Charlotte. Yeah. Rhea took it off of... Rhea took it off of Asuka, who was given by Becky. Then Charlotte took it off of Rhea, and then Nikki cashed in. But for what? Two, three weeks and now, at a pay-per-view, Charlotte yeah, took it back to to it. keep her undefeated SummerSlam. I, I think if you want to go for the believability factor, and like your champion is your number one person, mm-hmm. Charlotte should be the champion. But I think if that's if that's what they're going to do, they need to just stick with it. Like, let Roman. her have it for a while, and mm-hmm. then let's bring, kind of like I've been saying about Roman Reigns, let's keep it there for a while, let's make him look good, Who's going to stop him? Let's bring up somebody and make him a hero. Mm-hmm. Make him a fan favorite. Yeah. Hopefully. 
because they need new stars. They need. We can't rely on Goldberg and Brock Lesnar and 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 Cena and Cena forever. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's. What are we gonna do when they just can't do it anymore? Huh? Um, Edge defeated Seth Rollins by submission. Great match. Great match. We loved the Brood entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big highlight for us. Seth Rollins, I love him. He's one of my top guys. Um, I'm I'm glad that he's moved past the uh, the Reverend Rollins or whatever he was. Uh, I'm glad we've moved on a little bit from that. Even though now it's embrace the vision, Rollins. Yeah. Don't know what that means, but um, it was a great match. Yeah, and I'm all in up for Edge having these these uh, these big moments because mm-hmm. who knows how much longer we'll have it. Do you put a title on Edge anytime during this? He doesn't need it. No, he doesn't need it, but uh, I mean, but the, right now, currently, the only thing he's never had is the new Universal Championship. Oh, well, he's not going to beat Roman Reigns, and we've already been down that road, yeah. so, no. Nah. Uh, Bobby Lashley, with MVP, defeated Goldberg via referee stoppage. Lame. Lame. Again, they WWE it. <laughs> Lazy booking. Yep. Um, and it was unfinished, unresolved, so we're going to have more of it. Because now his son got brought in again. Oh, yeah. Look, in the 90s, it was super exciting to see who's going to break the streak, who's Goldberg going to spear next, what, you know, all that stuff. 20-something years ago, it was awesome. And when Goldberg came back a few years ago for the first time, it was great. I was, yeah, yeah. cool. And then the second time, maybe it was kind of okay then. But how many times now have yeah. we done this? How many bad matches has Goldberg had? Does anybody really care? Actually, I know the answer to that. Some people do care yeah. because the crowd still went crazy yeah. for him. Okay, I'm not in that camp. Um, Goldberg, to me, is getting to the point where he's got go-home heat. Like... Yeah. I want him to go home, and I don't want to see him anymore. Mm-hmm. And we're really dogging all of this stuff about WWE. And you can tell how jaded we are. <laughs> um, I feel like we've been working up to this jadedness now for about two years. Yeah. Just because we get those little, those little glimmers, glimps and glimmers of things that makes us say, yeah, you know? And then it just... Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, we're going to see more Goldberg. I, you, you brought up a great point about, okay, Bobby needs to win decisively with a jackhammer. Yeah, that's how I would have wrote it. I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. I would have been all in for that. And then, of course, our main event, Roman Reigns, uh, did retain his uh, title against John Cena. And there was apparently a stipulation that I missed that... Yeah. Uh, if Rain Roman Reigns had lost, he was going to leave WWE. Yeah, he said, it's Vegas. Let's make it more interesting. Uh, if I lose to you, I'll leave WWE. Yeah, well, we knew better than that. <laughs> so, um, you know, now that he is not on every week at the beginning of every show and he's not the main event of every pay-per-view, I can appreciate John Cena a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. So I was looking forward to it, and I thought it was a fun match. Yeah. You did point out that uh, Cena's starting to bald a little oh, bit in yeah. the back. Oh, yeah, he's starting to lose the hair. Yeah. It's Too all those years of wearing all those hats. Oh, that's bad news for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 
that was fun. It was cool. And but then, then we, we got yet another return. Another return for the fifth or sixth time. Brock yeah. Lesnar. The people did go crazy. Um, Seems to be getting that face treatment. And it is something, as we spoke yes. of earlier. It is something. He has a Viking uh, samurai look with his hair up in a ponytail type it's, thing. It's shaved. something different. So. He's in a wife beater and jeans and like just Did, did he not look even crowd. bigger than... He looked taller. Something was different. He looked... And he has a beard. I like bearded Brock. Yeah. Um... It is a little more exciting, I guess, than the previous Brock Lesnar returns because of the Paul Heyman factor, which I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where we go with that. You know, Paul Heyman, it seems his allegiances are going to stay with Roman Reigns, but does he, you know, pull a swerve and go back to working with Brock? We, I don't know. I um, think the better story would be he doesn't because everybody's predicting that he yeah. goes back to Brock. Mm. Uh. Yeah, so you know we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, I think you all had a joke uh, uh, in the, our group text. You and Rev uh, custody of Heyman next pay per view. Oh yeah, Paul Heyman on a pole match. Paul Heyman on a pole match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, winner gets Paul. And plus, we've never, even though we've seen Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns four, five, six, a uh, bunch of times, we haven't seen this Roman Reigns yeah. against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, and it seems as if the roles are reversed and, you yeah. know, babyface Brock versus Barry Hill. Heel Roman, who yeah. I love. Um, we'll see. It's something. I don't care much about Brock <laughs> at all. But, uh, like, um, kind of like, uh, when we saw the Suicide Squad, I made the joke about, like, I left a DC movie happy. This time. It's something it's, this time. It's something. <laughs> we left this pay-per-view going, hey, there were some things. Some things yeah. that that were different. Now, next step, we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. And for me to leave Suicide Squad and haven't enjoyed it more than uh, Black Widow mm. over a Marvel movie, I don't think that's ever happened before. No. So, yeah. No, I would imagine it. I don't think it has. Yeah. But that is our small little recap about SummerSlam, what were your thoughts? I know there's going to be a lot of recap episodes out there. We hope you're listening to ours as well. Uh, hope to hear your all thoughts. Like we were real downers on this one. I know what. I, there were bright spots, people. There, there were, were bright things. spots, but it really, I feel like it's not the SummerSlam of it. It's the WWE of it's, it. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. Uh, well said. No disrespect to the performances uh, each individual put on in this particular pay per view, but the entire product is why we're jaded. Down, jaded. Down on it. Yeah. Jaded. So please uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, let us know your predictions. What's coming up next? What are the next stories we're going to get? Because typically this is the halfway point of our pay per view year. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that WWE kind of runs. Um, we noticed a lot of. Uh, titles were kept, and I think I said to you that that means it's a pretty big spot that if you won your title at at WrestleMania and they're letting you keep it through SummerSlam, then well, we changed you've, you've you know we you've, changed Raw tag, we changed Women's SmackDown, and Women's we changed, Raw. Oh yeah, and US and US. But she, did Sheamus win the US at WrestleMania? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember that. But yeah, that's SummerSlam. 
Uh, we are going to step away and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a fantastic interview with Beth Crowley. Now, so before we get to that, take the check. The take the second. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Beth Crowley's page. And while you're at that. Go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to Amazon Music, find Beth Crowley's music and listen. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. We will definitely have her back in a future episode. She is a fan of the nerd culture, oh, yeah. and a lot of her music comes from nerd culture. And, so, And as as you uh, keep listening and, and we go into the interview, you're going to hear, uh, I guess it's her latest song, Yes. In the End. She did a <laughs> special recording just for us. Yes, she did. a little shout out to, to the nerds out there. So you're going to hear a little bit of that song, and then again at the end of the show. Absolutely. So, we'll be back after this quick break. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015, and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Hey nerds, this is Beth Crowley and you're listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. This is my new song in the end based on The Witcher. I hope that you enjoy. Cheers to you nerds. I'm not living 
Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are joined by the amazingly talented fellow nerd, Beth Crowley. And first, I have to start off by saying, I don't know if you watch Supernatural, but I immediately took to your last name because he's in my top three favorite characters. Yes, I get that a lot. I have not watched Supernatural, but it's probably one of the things I get like most requested to watch and to write a song about. So oh, you should. That makes sense. You should. I'm, I'm, I'm overdue for it. You should play Crowley. <laughs> there you go. Or like you could even do a cover of Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley. That'd be cool too. I get, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that makes That's sense. Cool. And then when Downton Abbey was really popular, I got a lot of Crawley. Because that's uh, like yes. a classy British way to say it. So great show. Great well, show. that just that sort of leads me into one of the questions that I have just since we're talking about it. So I know that you did uh in the end for The Witcher. And mm-hmm. I if I'm understanding this right, that's like a, a Geralt and Yennefer perspective. Is that yeah. the idea there? Okay. Yeah. Uh there's also a Game of Thrones song, Empire, which okay. I loved. I heard that one today, and then uh stumbled onto the Hunger Games song as well. Yep. Are there any other songs that that are on YouTube or, or that you've released that are inspired by any of these ner- nerd culture? Yes. Um, let's see. So I've got a Harry Potter song called Always. Uh, um, I've got uh, a Riverdale song um, called Too Late for Me. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a ton of songs that are based on like young adult book series, um, sure. like Hunger Games. Um the Mortal Instruments by Cassandra Clare, the Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, um, Court of Thorns and Roses, and Throne mm-hmm. of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. So yeah, like probably, I think at this point I've probably done like 20 or 25 like book or, you know, pop culture sure. inspired songs. And uh, can you think of anything that, that you want to do or that you've got in the works that you, you've not quite gotten to yet that you really want to do? Yeah. So um, I, after watching Loki, I am thinking that I want to do um, a, cause I think his like character arc is so fascinating. Sure. So I actually started, um, I want to watch all of the like movies that Loki is in. So I, we started with the Avengers, like original Avengers, or no, 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 um, Thor, Thor yes, yeah. so started with Thor, and so I'm, like, taking notes, and so that's going to be my next, like, big uh, pop culture thing to tackle, is a uh, oh, yeah. inspired song. Can't wait. We'll be looking forward to that. Absolutely. You, we, have you read uh, Lord of the Rings? Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? I have not read them. I've seen the movies, but it's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. That'd be another good one, too. Another good one. Yeah. Also, with the series coming out and the books being young adult and fantasy, you should check out Wheel of Time. Okay. That would be a good, that's a good book series. It really is. I'm always looking for good, good inspiration. So I've got, I've got a list of stuff to like read and watch that is astronomical. I will not I, get it in this lifetime, but. I am in the same boat. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, okay. So. How did you how did you get started in music to begin with? I mean, music has been something I've always been involved with in some capacity. Um, started writing like really terrible, like heartbreak songs in high school about boys that didn't know I existed. <laughs> um, and then like through college, I, did, I kind of got out of songwriting and got back into it um, after graduating college. 
and had put, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a comedy group called Axis of Awesome. And they did this video. It's the four chord song because most yes. pop songs. Yeah, the four yes. chord song. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was just the funniest thing in the world. And so um, at that point, I we had just moved. I didn't know anybody where I lived. And I was just like, I'm going to do stu something stupid and dumb and fun. And I'm going to... Um, like do a, a similar mashup of songs, but I want it to have like an actual story narrative. Um, so that was my first YouTube video and I put it up on YouTube just because like that was the easiest way to be able to share it with my friends and family. Cause I was like, this is what my unemployment looks like. And um, it ended up getting picked up by like Buzzfeed and Tyler Oakley, who was super big on Tumblr at the time. Yeah. And like, all of a sudden I had this audience and I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do with you? So I started putting out some of my like original songs. And then a couple of years later, I did my first book-based song because at that point I realized like, all right, I'm, you know, married. Like my life is boring. Nobody wants a song about like, yeah, like we didn't know what to get for dinner. So we just went and got fast food and like, <laughs> went to bed at 9.30. I relate to that song though. I mean, right. That's like my I, life right now too. It's pretty universal, but not that exciting for people to listen to. So I was like, uh, I was like, what would be a good like songwriting challenge? And I was like, well, what if I took, you know, put myself in like a, like a character and, you know, wrote a song based on that. And mm -hmm. it was really well received and it was something people really liked. And then kind of the rest was history. Yeah, it definitely worked. Well, and you're sitting at over 150,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. What's that been like? I mean, did you see more growth during the pandemic or was it quick and has it just been constant? It has been a decade in the making. Like literally October 2000, 2011 was my like first YouTube video. So we're coming up on 10 years of, of doing this. Wow. So it's been a very like slow and steady growth. Um, in some ways, obviously that can be kind of frustrating because you know, you, you're just like, I just want like, you know, I just want people to hear my stuff. But like, I think it's been more gratifying that it's been the slow build because, um, you know, I think it means more when- You appreciate it more, I would say, mm -hmm. yeah. once that happens. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, it was wild. I, I think I hit 150,000 subscribers like last week. So that was, very very cool and weird yeah congratulations on yeah. that yeah so what what point do you get one of those cool little medals from youtube i don't know how that works i got my i got a plaque at a hundred thousand nice yeah. that's great so uh hardware to put up <laughs> so uh i was an english major so i am all about the words Okay, the lyrics. I'm one of those, let's look at the song lyrics and let's really, you know, decipher what it means and all this stuff. So I have some lyrics here from The Warrior. Okay, and if you, if you don't mind, I'll just read this real quick. Teach me how to fight. I'll show you how to win. You're my mortal flaw and I'm your fatal sin. I love that hooked me right away. I love that. Let me feel the sting, the pain, the burn under my skin. Put me to the test. I'll prove that I'm strong. Won't let myself believe that what we feel is wrong. I finally see what you knew is inside me all along that behind this soft exterior lies a warrior, lies a warrior. How do you come up with this stuff? What what was the inspiration for that song in particular? Okay, so this so Warrior is based on um, the Mortal Instrument series by Cassandra Clare. Okay. And 
what I wanted to do when I was writing it is I wanted to have lots of little Easter eggs for people that have read the book, but I also wanted it to be something that if you hadn't read the book, you could still enjoy the song. So um, little things like the sting, the pain, the burn under my skin, they have this, um, it's called, I think like a steely and um, they're able to like put like rune marks on themselves yeah. as shadow hunters and it gives them, you know, different abilities or yeah. whatever. So that was kind of like my little nod to that. Um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, what we feel is wrong. Like, you know, it's all kind of an illusion alluding to like uh, two of the characters. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like I literally have the copy of the book that I went through and like put post-it notes of like words or concepts that I liked and, you know, kind of built it from there. Um, and it's never, it's never like, you know, anything that's like a direct quote from the book, but it, you know, little like things here and there that, mm -hmm. you know, fans of the books can mm -hmm. recognize. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would, I would love if you came up with some sort of Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth type thing because there's this. I guess thinking about the the in the end song with you know the Witcher and all that makes me think about um, in Lord of the Rings. There's this great story about Arwen and Aragorn, and mm -hmm. and there's this story about this ancient uh, elf, and she she traded in her immortality to live a mortal life with this man she loved, right? And that right there is it just that would be perfect for this this style and this genre that you have. Yeah. In the in the end video, um, who is uh, you're you're obviously playing uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, sort of. Who's playing Geralt? Um, the, like the actor. The mm -hmm. actor. Yeah. Okay. So his name is Christian Grimson, and this was definitely like the biggest music video project I've ever done by far so I actually had like a director and we had like a you know like casting submission and people like you know sent in their like headshots and whatever like and um he was just uh kind of perfect like he very much has that like Geralt look you know, he looks yeah, like even yeah. like kind of you know like he looks like he belongs in some sort of like fantasy fantasy yeah. on the front of the, the cover too like he looks like he's yeah. on the front of the cover of the book yeah it was it was um it was super annoying because he is as nice as he is handsome and I was just like you don't get to be both like this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous but no he's the nicest guy and um he I don't think he had seen the Witcher, so he went and watched it, but he was right in the middle of watching Outlander, so he was kind of in that like oh, oh that fits too, right? Yeah. Show. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but it was really important to me with the the music video to have again a lot of kind of the little like Easter eggs, um, especially when it came to the um like uh like witches din kind of mm -hmm. uh, thing that we had, but not be you know like completely ripping off the show right yeah oh yeah, so, it, yeah it, christian christian was great super consummate professional and uh yeah, yeah some some poor saps walking around with nothing because this dude had it all i mean he looked like he looked like a mixture of Geralt and fabio and aragorn and aragorn yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was like a little bit intimidating like it was i a great I video like i have a um a person I've been working with for a long time that does my hair and makeup. And like, I was just like, all right, you need to 
you need to work your just best magic on me because I've got like a high bar to try and match here. Well, you both looked great and it was a great video. Really, really great. Thank you. So everybody really definitely fun. check that out. Before we move on, I have to say uh, that um, at when I start, when your, I guess your PR rep uh, contacted us, uh, I uh, immediately started listening and following you and all that. Um, the song that I, I have to ask is I Am Not Nothing. Yes. Um, that, out of everything I've listened to so far, <laughs> maybe it's because there's the, I'm, I felt it at a very personal level, um, you know, telling someone, let me show you now that I'm, let me pick myself up and show you that I'm not nothing. Um, especially after, you know, anytime you go through something tragic, where did that song come from? So I, um, I guess it's probably been like five or six years ago. There was a book conference in Nashville called Utopia. And I um, went just like to go for fun. And I ended up meeting and connecting with a lot of independent authors there. And I had a couple of them actually contact me and say like, do you do commission songs? Like we, you know, have this book coming out. Like, is that something you would consider doing? And at the time I didn't, you know, I had like this space in my calendar and everything to be able to do it. And so that one I think was the third one of those that I had done. And the author contacted me and she was like, I have this fantasy book, but it also, um, one of the themes in it is domestic abuse. And she was like, I really like the song to incorporate something having to do with that. And that was definitely intimidating because I'm very fortunate that I don't have any firsthand experience. Yeah. So it's really important for me to write something that felt genuine even though it's not you know something that I've been through and so I worked pretty closely with her like you know sending her kind of my ideas and everything and she would give me some feedback and so um so yeah so that one uh that one's really special because I know that a lot of people have really connected with it and I know there's been a few um like domestic um abuse survivor groups that have used it for various awesome. things and um, I can tell you yeah. that I've, I've not been through domestic abuse, but just the words about getting up and picking yourself up and proving to the other person that you aren't nothing. Uh, the first time I heard it, I kind of like had a, a vibration on my eye watch that said breathe. I like had to tell me to breathe because it just took all my breath away. I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I had to listen to it another five times. Uh, but it's very powerful. Um, that's one that I would definitely recommend everyone get on iTunes. I am not nothing. Um, yeah, I, and I, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that even though kind of the thing in the back of my mind was like the domestic abuse aspect, that it was something universal enough that mm -hmm. like, and that's just in general important to me with my music is even if I'm writing about something very specific to try and make it so that people can relate to it, even if it's not exactly what I had in mind when I was writing. So, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so can you take us a little bit through the songwriting process? So you you get an idea or you're inspired by something. Now, where do you go? Where do you start? 
It really just kind of depends on the song. Um, I always say I do my best work like in the shower because there's nothing to distract me. So I'll just be like humming along or I'll think of like a little lyric. And it usually starts with like a like lyric and melody snippet, just something really short. Um, you know, maybe it's like a particular word, maybe it's a particular phrase. Um, or a lot of times I, most of my songs, I have some sort of narrative, um, that I've come up with, like there are characters and it's, you know, a scene that is playing out. Um, and then I just kind of build it from there. Sometimes it comes pretty easily. Sometimes I am, I'm just banging my head against the wall, trying to like, it just, it feels like putting together a jigsaw puzzle and you're trying to like fit different pieces and you're like, okay, that doesn't go there. And it's, uh, yeah, like it's a very analytical process. Um, but you know, just like you, I, I love lyrics. Like I love language. I love words. Um, I, you know, think that a good song lyrically is just like poetry sets music. And so, Absolutely. um, that I think, you know, is definitely my primary focus is having strong lyrics and then mm-hmm. the music supports that. And, and you do the, 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 lyric writing the composing all of it yourself right yep yep wow. and i've worked with the same producer now for six or seven years um and so we you know i bring in the finish like finished song you know piano and vocal and then we kind of flesh it out from there and um just because we've worked together for so long like we have a great working relationship and um so yeah so definitely with him his name's Daniel and and, you know together we definitely elevate it to like something way cooler than anything I can do or just like me and the piano but how many songs do you think you've written total gosh most of the ones that I've written like are I put out like I don't I know a lot of songwriters talk about how they have like you know they're like for every song I've put out I have you know 45 that I I didn't like I put out every everything that I write um so a lot a lot i don't know if it's true but i'm sure it could be but i've heard before that dolly parton has like ten thousand something songs that she has written herself yeah and that's just i mean she's had a career of like 60 years or so so i am not that prolific (laughs) she wrote jolene and i will always love you in the same day that i didn't know in the same day i didn't know that one Wow, yep. you taught us something. So you're a fan of Dolly. She's just, I mean, she's an American treasure. Like, so much respect for that woman. We're like, coming to you from East Tennessee, so we're we, in Dolly's backyard here. We are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 40 I, minutes I, down the road. For, I literally just moved to Georgia in June from the Nashville area. So now are you, so you were born and raised in Nashville? I am from Georgia originally and then um, lived in Tennessee for seven or eight years. And after, you know, this last year and a half, like my family is in Georgia and a lot of my friends. And so just mm-hmm. was like, all right, like time to time to go home. But I'm actually I mean, I'm, I'm coming to you from a hotel room actually in Nashville because I'm here to record for a couple of days. So awesome. Okay. So, yeah. So I still make it back. Well, that's cool. So you live outside of Atlanta? Yep. I live like a mile and a half from the Braves Stadium. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, so 
I don't think that's that cool, I guess, but I mean, it's I, it is cool. cool. It is pretty cool. It's I do have a really good friend who actually listens to the show, Kiera. She obviously lives, lives very close to you because she too lives like two miles from Brave Stadium or, um, but I lived there for, I initially had the, the, uh, the bravery, I like to call the cur- it the courage, the cur- courage. courage to, um, Oh, that's another one. Wizard of Oz. You should do it. Oh, yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. I had the courage to move to the Atlanta area pre-pandemic, five weeks before the pandemic, actually, um, to pursue acting. And then the pandemic hit, and I just didn't go back. So the Atlanta area, there's a lot happening. Yeah. A lot happening there. The Hollywood of the South. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, definitely. So I hope you'll take this as a compliment because I definitely mean it as one. But you strongly, strongly, strongly give me Amy Lee of Evanescence vibes, and I'm sure you, yeah. Um, And because I just absolutely fell in love with the way she plays the piano and her songwriting and all that. I was a big Evanescence fan when I was in high school and stuff. So I decided I wanted to learn the piano, and I was self-taught. Um, and so she was like a big inspiration to me and all morning, uh, my wife and I, and, and our three-year-old who is now loving your music, we were listening, uh, had you on YouTube while we were having breakfast and everything. And we just kept talking about, Oh man, this is so like Amy Lee. I feel like Amy, this is like Amy Lee stuff. So, um, do you, is she an inspiration of yours at all? Yeah. I, um, especially like, uh, I get was it Evanescence's first album that had like My Immortal? Yes. I think at one point I covered it on my YouTube channel. Oh, I'll have to look for that. That's Um, like one of those songs that you want played at your funeral. It's like such a beautiful, haunting song. And the words, like we said, so powerful. Have you have you seen the video for that? I have. She does her feet don't touch the ground at any point in the video. Oh, wow. I, I, it's been a long time since I've watched mm-hmm. it. I'll have to go back and yeah. and watch it. Yeah. And then I loved that they put out the version because like it was just a piano version on their album. And then they had the, um, I guess, radio version. And it had that like, that was awesome. Yeah. Really? That was, that was I love both versions. Yeah. Yeah. So do you play anything other than the piano? No, I started to try and learn guitar but i've got such like sensitive fingers from just playing piano that i was like this is painful so i didn't uh follow through on that and then i had like a mid-20s like quarter life crisis where i was like i'm not too old to learn how to play the violin and so i tried to take up the violin and i got really frustrated really fast oh yeah that didn't stick either on the piano it's like everything is laid out it's in a row a b c d whatever and then on a guitar it's like well this is a g and this is an a and it's all over the place well yeah yeah i can't i can't do it i definitely regret it whenever i like have to haul my keyboard around for like you know playing a show or something i'm like man i should have picked a more portable instrument you do a lot of live not a ton. I mean, the internet has been like my bread and butter. So, you know, you mentioned like the pandemic, like nothing really changed for me during the pandemic because I was already doing most everything online. So I just kind of kept on doing what I was doing. 
Um, but it was funny because like beforehand people, especially in the music industry would be like, what do you mean you don't play any live shows? I'm like, I mean, my audience, because it's online is so spread out. I don't have a constant, like enough of a concentration of people that listen to my music in any one place that it would make sense doing a show. Now I'll tell you what I did really enjoy was, um, I have been able to play some like author events and book festivals um so like an author signing I've played a couple where I've written a song about like one of their books and they had a new release come out and um we're doing a book signing and got to like play at their book signing and that was like a perfect gig for me but I mean as far as doing a lot of touring or anything I I haven't and I've been totally fine with that (laughs) so you um Obviously, surely you were in like choir and things like that in school. Uh, when did you know that? Was it like fresh out of high school? You were like, you know what? I know what I want to do. I know what I'm I'm chasing it. At. Or did you just be like, you know, I, this is something that may take off or it may not. Like, what was it like growing up with this love for music? And when did you just start going for it? I just did it for fun. I never had any plan of actually doing it professionally. I... um you know, went to college. At one point, I think I might have said I was an English major, but I switched over to public relations. Um, And I thought that I actually wanted to, when I came to Nashville, I thought I was going to do just the songwriting part of it and like write for other people. And um, I ended up like meeting up with somebody at some like I don't know, writer's event or something. And they were like, you, you realize like you are, I was like, I'm not really trying to do the artist thing. And they were like, you already are an artist. Like you already have like a decent following online. Like you're kind of already doing it. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep doing it this way. And then I didn't quit my like day desk job until 2019. So I, you know, even when I was doing it and, and, you know, was able to like, essentially be doing it part-time I still didn't feel like you know this is what I'm gonna be when I grow up and you know finally a couple years ago I was like okay like I think I think this is what I'm what I'm doing now mm-hmm. so so it's been yeah. it's been really great I mean I feel very very lucky because I know a lot of people um you know want to be able to do something creative full-time and I I'm able to, and it's just, it's fantastic. It's great. It's great. Out of all of the songs that you've done, which one do you feel like is either your favorite that you're the most proud of, or that means the most to you on a personal level? I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite or one that I'm most proud of, because that feels like, like asking somebody to be like, well, which, which, which child is your favorite? Like they're all, you know, I I don't put out anything that I don't love. Like I want to make the kind of music that I enjoy listening to. Um, Now, as far as like the one that like means the most, cause it's personal. I did, I mental health is something I talk a lot about and I'm very like open about and do a series of videos on my YouTube channel. It's mental health chat and just talking about like different things having to do with mental health. And I had a song that I put out um, called 2007 and it was one that I like, wasn't sure if I wanted to put out cause it was really personal. It was just talking about like that feeling of, you know, 
wanting to give up, um, but like coming out of it. And um, it's one that a lot of people have really like connected to and they said that it has helped them. And so, um, you know, that's, that's really rewarding to know that like something that was very personal to me was something that other people could relate to. And um, so, yeah, so I would say probably that one. I saw that one on the, on the list, but I didn't listen to it yet. So I'll, I wrote it, I wrote it down so I can check it out. Yeah. So you graduated. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so one question I have is not really based in, in this. He's got his series of questions. Uh, nerd culture is, is pretty big, pretty prominent in your, your music writing and in your life. I take it you're a big fan of a lot of it. Um, if you could live in any franchise, Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. I, um, I, I like to say that I'm like, I, I don't know that I'd say like a casual fan, but like, I'm a fan of a lot of things. Like I am a ride or die for Harry Potter. Like I have my guest room in my house is Harry Potter decorated. I like that. As in, like, and that was, I was like, why, why would I get to the point where I'm like, you know, can own a house? Why wouldn't I have it be Harry yeah. Potter themed? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this is the dream. So. Oh, you, we're going to have to have my wife talk to you about that because she wants our house to be grown up, you know? And uh, I'm, meanwhile, we're down here in my man cave, which is full of toys and posters and collectibles and junk like that. My, oh, I have, like, we, I have a house, it's, like, you know, right in the suburbs, super, like, classy looking. The first thing when you walk in is we have um, Renaissance-style pet portraits of all of, like, our cat and our two dogs, because we found that there's a, like, website online that will take, like, your pet and put them in, like, you know, like a... I've seen that, online, like, Queen of England type of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's the tone that we start at when you get to my house and then my living room if you like and I feel like this is exactly who I am as a person where it's like maybe from a distance you're like this is like pretty classy and then once you get closer you're like okay not really so much um because we have all of these pictures that um like one of them is um like just this barn but some an artist went and uh put in like the ghosts from Mario Kart like floating Ooh. around the barn. Yes. Um, we've got one where it's like this, you know, house on a lake. But then when you look closer, like Darth Vader and a stormtrooper are fishing and the Death Star's in the back. I love it. Um, we have one where it's like this like pretty house. And then you see like the flying car from Harry Potter flying over it. So that's kind of our theme in our living room is like, it looks at first glance, like it's, you know, nice and tasteful. And then like, you take a closer look and you're like, okay. And it's even better than you thought when you look on these. Exactly. Exactly. We've got one where it's like, um, He-Man in a teacup, like going down the river. Like it's, yeah. Have you made it down to uh, Universal to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Yes. How many times? Just once. Oh. But I, but I made it count. So um, we went to, we went to London and went to the Warner Brothers studio tour, oh, wow. which was like, I mean, 
that was, that was one of the hardest I've ever nerded out in my life. Like it was, I was just over the moon. Um, and then that same year we went to universal, um, and got to do the wizarding world. So Did it you was go to King's Cross year. While you were in London? Did you go to King's Cross? Oh yeah. And go to the platform. Yeah. Oh yeah. We did then, a, a few years ago. We, we took a European vacation, my family and me, and we did London and we did Dublin and Rome and Edinburgh, which went there too. Was Diagon Alley. Yeah. Um, so I'm walking down what was Diagon Alley and I'm looking at the shop faces and I'm the rest of my family, they've watched it, they love it, they have their robes of their houses. And my brother's probably a bigger Harry Potter fan than me as compared to like I am with Lord of the Rings. I say Lord of the Rings is a better universe. He says Harry Potter is a better universe. So really just like that. But uh, I'm just quietly like misty eyed (laughs) walking down Diagon Alley. And I'm like, I grew up dreaming of this moment in a different light. Like I dreamed that maybe one day my letter would come and I would get to do this for real. And the letter still hasn't come. So my, I guess my next, you know, venture is hopefully I'll become a Jedi, but you know, it ain't easy being a muggle. <laughs> it's not easy being a muggle. It's not. That is so true. No, I, uh, I, I got to go to Edinburgh and do that walk too. And yeah, super cool. If you, did you get to go, like, did you go to the studio tour when you were there? I didn't get to the studio tour. We did King's Cross, um, London Bridge, which was underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> we've got bridges bigger in Tennessee than this there, thing. But we did that. My biggest, I mean, I nerded out about Diagon Alley and also the side street coming off of Diagon Alley is where Infinity War, Scarlet Witch, and Vision are attacked. That okay. same little side street. So they have like little pictures from the scene and like in their window, like this is that window. And so that was really cool. But I would have to say uh, Rome was probably the biggest. Sure. But we, we want to go back over to Europe, but you know, with. Yeah. You know, the world being on fire and everything. The world being on fire and all <laughs> <NBD>. that. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it'll, uh, it'll fix itself eventually and figure it out but no i totally i totally recommend doing the studio tour because like all of the details i mean they have all of the like like drawings of sets and um definitely do it with a guide because the guide will tell you all of the like fun facts like the one that i that comes to mind first is um in the last two movies uh Voldemort starts with like dark green robes and every time a horcrux is killed the robes get a little bit lighter I was just like I was eating up at, I mean I was like front of front of the group but just like oh my god like oh my <laughs> god. wow great. so is it needless to say that there's a Harry Potter song in the works well, like she's got a whole anthology well beside always but like like, is there an anthology? Like, I don't, do you have more on the drawing I, board? I don't know. Cause like, I don't know. I don't think so, but never say never. Never say never. Always, guess, always was a good one though. It is very good. It's very good. It's, I, I haven't gotten to listen to the Game of Thrones one yet because oh, yeah. I'm still kind of sore 
about it's yeah the ending of game of thrones so <laughs> um, do you want to talk about it <laughs> i mean i feel like my therapist has heard it enough sure that a big part of my life is is sad because they ruined game of thrones in the finale but uh you know he's in the minority he thinks it was all right so. i was okay with it it was okay i mean they were definitely i de- yeah no i mean i think the one thing that i didn't agree with people being so unhappy and upset about was like daenerys's like like it was out of nowhere that she was ruthless but this I was, was like, li- dude, she was like a sociopath i don't have as much problem with that because we knew it was in her blood it was literally in her blood <laughs> and she talked about it the whole show she was like i'll do whatever it takes don't cross me she was cold she yeah was very cold. so very that cold. was the, that was the thing that you know a lot of people were upset with and i was like mm, but like yeah i thought the um i thought the battle against the night walkers was awesome like that was, was really cool. that episode was great. Um, and then it was just kind of like, eh. I totally get where people were like underwhelmed and they wanted more, you know, I've accepted that. I get that. And I, I can understand, but like to say it ruined the whole thing for you. I'm just not in that mindset at all. Yeah. It is interesting though, that like, and I've seen people talk about it, how that was such a big pop culture thing. And then yeah. it just, was done kind of like fizzled yeah people were so people were so upset by the the finale that they're like all right well this is not even we're not gonna like talk about this happen don't talk about it yeah i guess my last question is if there's anyone listening to this you know whether they be young or whether they be you know in their 30s like us um what what is you know some you know, inspiration you would give them some words of wisdom that if they're wanting to tackle this, or if there's some, you know, a dream of yeah. some sort that maybe they haven't followed yet, or maybe they're young and they're listening to this and they're thinking about, I'd like to try songwriting. I'd like to try learning an instrument. I'd like to become a singer. I, you know, what's one bit of inspiration you could give them? My, what I like to say is um, don't wait for things to happen to you, make things happen for yourself. So I think a lot of people, when they do the, the, you know, try and do the music thing, they like put out their music and they just kind of like sit back and hope that, you know, it like goes viral or whatever. And hard work, I mean, is the backbone for most success stories. And so, you know, you've got to have the drive and ambition to be able to put in the hard work behind the scenes too especially if you're trying to do it by yourself. Like it's a lot, but you know, it's really rewarding when, you know, somebody asks you, so you do all of this stuff yourself. Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean that, that, and just like, you know, in general, when it comes to like being an adult, like just enjoy the things that you enjoy. Like I definitely had like points in time where I'm like, you know, am I like too old for this? But like, you love the stuff that you love like just love it unabashedly and you know just enjoy it yep i'm glad that i'm glad that like it is you know such a celebrated thing to be a nerd about stuff yeah like for, for a long time it was like i feel like people didn't feel comfortable admitting some of the things that they enjoyed and i love that people can be out in the open 
And now it's sort of the opposite. Like, you mean you don't like Star Wars? What's wrong with you? You know, right. like, yeah, you haven't seen what? every movie in the MCU. Yeah. What? Yeah. Nerds of the world. Exactly. It's been so great talking to you. We so appreciate your time. Uh, and as we let you go here, what, what's next for you? And, and is there anything that you want to plug for the listeners as yeah. we head out? I mean, yeah. So I, um, I, I try and release a new song every month. Um, I let August, I let August be more in the end stuff because I had so many cool things to be able to put out for that. Um, but I have new songs already in the works and, you know, ready to go for September and October, not fandom related songs, just songs. Um, but the, the next big thing that I, you know, am hoping to be able to take somewhere is I've actually written a young adult book and have written a soundtrack of songs that goes with it. So you like, you know, you're reading the book and like, it'll be like, this is like, where you should listen to this track and that's awesome because like i mean music just pairs so well with like everything what? really yeah. but yeah mm -hmm. i mean the you know the scenes and shows and movies that like you you know like the two characters getting together that they've been building it up to like if there's not like a dope song underneath it it does not have the same punch like so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to see if I can, you know, get that out in the world because, uh, I'm, pr I'm pretty proud of it. So that's exciting. And yeah, I've got a list of, you know, the Loki song. I'm hoping to get that done here in the near future. There's a couple more book based, uh, well, we got Witcher season two coming out. I know, I know. So, so that's exciting. Let us know as soon as this book slash like this project because we want it we're all in i'm cool. all in for that that sounds trying so to, cool I'm trying to do the like trying to get a book agent so yeah. we'll see there's a lot of there's a lot of preliminary stuff to have to happen first but fingers mm -hmm. crossed so absolutely thank yeah. you so much for for taking the time to talk thank to us for having me Obviously, uh, i love talking about this kind of stuff you're brilliantly talented and i am very happy that uh we were reached out to and you got to come on the show um i've been looking forward to this we're, we're we're excited to have you on and i can't wait to see what the future holds for beth crowley thank you well, i i appreciate it so much you guys having me on and happy to to do it anytime and you know i can go go on and on about this kind of stuff so Maybe uh maybe when Witcher season two comes out, we'll hook back up again and yes, yeah. have a little chat about that. And just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. I started, I didn't get a chance to fully listen to um because I know you had a couple episodes that were about Witcher, Witcher. season for like <laughs> January 2020. And it was just funny starting to listen to it and just like you're just like you know, oh, we're get, we're in the twenties. Like the, that's it's just the roaring the, the nerd in twenty. Yeah. Oh, early 2020 when we didn't know <laughs> yeah remember, remember that time that 2020 was supposed to be great because like halloween was on a saturday and like yeah. uh cinco de mayo was on a tuesday and i mean yeah yeah it was, it was actually going to be taco tuesday on cinco de mayo i know man we flew we flew too close to the sun <laughs> yes icarus effect strikes again <laughs> 
This has been yeah. great. We are definitely going to have you back on the show when Witcher Two comes out. We are Perfect. we're excited for it. We're excited to see what what else comes from from Beth Crowley. We're we're big fans, and we can't wait to get the rest of the listeners infected with Beth Crowley. Yeah. Perfect. It's the kind of infection you don't have to quarantine for. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.